Barkley on the take, giving left. Howard on the cutback, inside to the five. Howard slams into the end zone. Touchdown, touchdown Bears. Jordan Howard, a nine-yard run. Snap is back. Coming on a blitz, they throw into the end zone, left corner, up in the air. Elshon Jeffrey makes the catch. Touchdown, touchdown Bears. Bears Hour Live with Lauren Cox and the Draft Doc, Philatosha. Hello and welcome to this edition of Bears Hour Live. I am Lauren Cox here with Philatosha. And I, I want to thank everyone for tuning in on this Sunday afternoon. You know, we always like to say it's not Sunday without Bears football, and I'm I'm glad we're we're both glad that you're uh, able to join us to enjoy some Bears football on a Sunday, even in the off season when there isn't a lot of Bears news going on right now. Free agencies around the corner. The NFL scouting combine is next week, and we're certainly going to be doing plenty of that here on on Bears Hour Live. But today we're going to be talking about the edge rushers. Uh, before we dive in, I do want to mention if if you're not able to catch this podcast live, or not able to catch our show live, you can always grab the podcast version. We're on iTunes. You can subscribe there. We're on Google Play. We're on Podbean. We're on Stitcher. We're on TuneIn, uh, Player FM. Pretty much anywhere that you can play podcasts, you can find Bears Hour Live just by searching our name on there. So definitely uh, please subscribe and, and maybe tell somebody about it. You know, if you like our show, let other Bears fans know because I think it's a nice it's a nice release when guys can come on here, call into our show, talk about the way they feel about the Bears, and it's it's just a good, friendly, fun community. Uh, you know, like our Facebook page, subscribe on YouTube. We got we got a lot of big stuff planned. You know, we already had the first Jimmy Garoppolo analysis video of X's and O's film room. If you haven't seen that, go check it out on our YouTube channel. We've got another one coming out this week that we'll be teasing on this show a little bit later on. You'll see there's a, a pretty direct relation to what we're talking about today, so there's there's your little hint. But we're, we're, we're going to get right into those edge rushers, Phil, and it wasn't it wasn't a bad year by any means for the edge rushers on the Bears. I mean, they, they maybe weren't as productive as you would have liked. A lot of injuries played a big role in that, but they, all things considered, on a, on a defense that struggled, the, the edge rushers... They were they were far from the biggest issue by any means, and you know one of the more disappointing parts I think was was Pernell McPhee, who was really slow in recovering from that knee injury, and and it kind of leaves questions in the air of whether or not his what his future is going to be and how well he's going to be able to contribute on this team if this nagging knee condition seems to be something that's maybe never going to be a hundred percent. I mean, what do you what's your take on? Pernell McPhee's role in the future can you rely on him can you you know can you go into the season saying he's he's one of our starting outside linebackers and we're gonna try and get 16 games of him or, or how do you how do you compartmentalize his role going into the future his value is clear Lauren because he's a leader on this football team and that was demonstrated on the national stage when the Eagles faced off with the Bears on Monday night he get it into Jay Cutler's face and then later talking about that's a brotherhood and he's right that is a part of the game the value of him in that locker room it can't be assessed on the tape the tape showcases a, a guy when healthy is a dominant force a, a bowling ball of butcher knives coming off the edge and and really can play both the run and pass well at a high level it's just the health concerns so counting on a player you know, you can't make the club in the tub. They say that all the time. You invested a lot of money in this football player. In fact, it was really uh, Ryan Pace's first roll of the dice when he when he signed this football player, Lauren. 
to me, right now, going into year three, with the pressure on this coaching staff, I think he's a must-believe-in type of football player. I think you take a step backwards if Pernell McPhee isn't counted on. That right there will put the Chicago Bears at a loss. They did a good job of sort of preparing for this because I, re- I remember hearing that that was one of the rumors about Pernell McPhee when he left Baltimore was that that knee could be trouble. And so it, it was clear that the Bears weren't just going to rely on him 100% at the outside linebacker position. I mean, they obviously went out and drafted Leonard Floyd by trading up to get him in the draft. There was clearly an emphasis to add more talent there, but also by keeping guys like Lamar Houston and Willie Young around, guys who weren't necessarily seen as, at least initially, great fits at outside linebacker in Vic Fangio's defense, but they both transitioned really well, and I know we're going to get more into them later, but I I struggled to to really feel like Pernell McPhee can be relied on. I mean, it wasn't like... It wasn't like the Lamar Houston where he tears his ACL and you know, you know, nine months from now, he, maybe he's not going to be the player he once was, but he's going to be pretty close to 100 percent and 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 be fine until you know he suffers another injury. But there hasn't been like this decisive knee injury moment with Pernell McPhee. It's really a a nagging, draining kind of thing, and it kept him out of the first six games this year. And then you know he ended up getting a shoulder injury later in the year that really kind of limited his ability to produce. And I I just don't know if we can rely on him to be all that productive moving forward. It's, it's, it's tough for me to put many eggs in that basket. We do have our, our first caller on the line already. A caller, what's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, how's it going, man? My name is Mike. I'm from Dallas. How you doing? Hi, I'm doing good, man. Um, I want to get y'all's take. I mean, I was listening to your segment with McPhee, and in my opinion, you know, he's just, it's not reliable. His knees seem to give out on him too easy. How possible is it, do you guys think, Melvin Ingram could be a possibility for agency? And I know that's been talked about, but what do you guys think? Mike, you're stealing my thunder for the second half of the show, but I just think that that, if I'm GM Ryan Pace, and I said this on a, the last show, show, actually podcast, at BearsBarroom.com, if you're not on there, check that out. Melvin Ingram, if I'm Ryan Pace, is my number one target. That's the number one thing I'm going after in free agency. I feel like, Mike, he's a difference maker. He's that versatility player that can play inside and outside, offers you both scheme sound ability to get home and to use him as a chess piece with the likes of Willie Young and Leonard Floyd. I think you cannot ask for a better fit than what you see from Melvin Ingram. So you're right on step for step with me there. Lauren, what do you think? Yeah, we're we're definitely gonna get more into Melvin Ingram specifically later on in the show. So I don't want to dive too I want to I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves right now, but I, I agree hundred percent on the talent that Melvin Ingram brings, but I, when when we get there, and I'm not going to dive into it too much, I'm going to push back a little bit on making him free agent priority number one because I think there's there's some downsides here that we're not quite that, that we're overlooking, and I know this is going to spark some debate from you, Phil. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this, but I I question whether or not it's worth it to put him so high on the priority list, given the rest of what's going on with his team and and what needs to be done on this roster because, and, and like I said, we'll get to this, he's going to command a lot of money and the Bears already have a lot of money invested in the outside linebacker position. 
and among some of the top in the league with the contracts that Pernell McPhee, Will Young, and Lamar Houston have. And if you add another potentially 12-plus million dollars a year outside linebacker to that group, that's that's a lot of money invested in the pass rushers. And I know I know pass rusher is is super valuable, but there are a lot of holes on this team, and I don't necessarily know if it's the best interest of the team to put even more money into this position when there are so many other glaring needs on the roster. Mike, you and Lauren, look at it like this. I'll throw it back to you, Mike. I look at our next topic here as we move forward from Pernell McPhee. If you're not comfortable with Pernell McPhee, who ended up getting back onto the football field and playing some good ball down the stretch, how comfortable are you with Lamar Houston? That's really the question, because if you are going to invest in a Melvin Ingram, which I believe you should, then you can counter that by cutting and clearing some cap room with a Lamar Houston on the roster at 29 years old and off two injuries now. Right. Yeah, and, that, and that's something, you know, that just kind of scanning around Twitter and some of the Bears news, you know, I think that that's something that is very possible here in the next couple of weeks that we see a guy like Lamar Houston cut, Eddie Royal cut. You know, I think those are very uh, possible, possible things that can happen. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't surprise me to see a guy like Lamar Houston go because his non-guaranteed money. And actually, now that I'm double-checking, Pernod McPhee's contract is pretty well set up where he could be cut to. The Bears would save about $6.5 million cutting Pernod McPhee, and they would save, let's see, about $5 million cutting Lamar Houston. Not that they would necessarily have to do both, but that's definitely a conversation that we have to have. And Mike, I want to thank you for calling in, but I think we're going to, we're going to open up the lines for someone else and and keep the discussion going. It was a great question. Certainly we're going to be getting a little bit more into Ingram as we go later on. All right, guys. Have a good one. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mike, for calling in. I'm with Mike Lauren. I mean, I I come out of the corner. I'm ready to box you over this because I think Melvin Ingram is really the definition of, of the opposite of what you have in Leonard Floyd. And if the goal, you can't have enough pass rushers. We look at the draft, and we're going to get into that later in the second half. There's a lot of talent there too. So if we're talking talent versus money, I know as a coach where I'm standing, I see you standing on the the business side of looking at that (laughs) amount of money being spent at that position. But, you know, one point here. It seems to be a running theme with these players, Lauren, on, on the Chicago Bears going forward. Each and every one of them comes with that injury question mark from Willie Young, who, listen, had a Warriors mentality throughout the whole season. Any fan that can't appreciate what was a guy stereotyped, Bear Report, to be a defensive all <laughs> end only. <laughs> and was able to transition at a high level in the first year and then come back again and play the outside linebacker position, mind you, on a re-signing and a re-upping by Ryan Pace. But he played the year injured and battled through the injuries where others were taken out of this this team and being able to, to give you consistent reps there, I felt, felt like that kind of gets overlooked when people assess the 31-year-old Willie Young. But I think overall, even with McPhee being what he is, 
I think Willie Young's leadership and his influence on Leonard Floyd should not go unnoticed on this football team. And I think it was a great re-signing. And I, I think next season, a healthy Willie Young, Leonard Floyd, and if you're getting plays from McPhee with another pass rusher, be it in the draft or free agency, Lauren, it, it's a must because I don't see any way that uh, Lamar Houston He's the big house of cards here for me because one slip and he's injured again. And, and you're paying and you're getting nothing in return. So I'm going to fight you back. I think you got to go all in and try to do the Lovey Smith at the airport doorstep with Julius Peppers. That's how highly I think, Mike, of Melvin Ingram going to the Chicago Bears. And I, I'm not disputing. I mean, I totally agree 100% that Melvin Ingram would be a dream signing for the Bears as far as the talent that he brings. And I, and I, I do want to say that if, if they cut Lamar Houston and or Pernell McPhee, one or the other, I would be much more comfortable with, with Melvin Ingram. But I was, under, I was playing under the impression that you're bringing everybody you have back. And I don't know if you necessarily need – I mean, you obviously want to add more, but you don't necessarily need because you want to see a guy like Leonard Floyd take his game to the next level. I mean, we saw – flashes of what he was capable of doing and I know you and I we were just going through some Leonard Floyd tape for our upcoming film room video breaking down all seven of Leonard Floyd's sacks this season and there was a lot I mean there's so much to like beyond even just the athleticism and the, and the physical tools but he's he's growing and he's adding pass rush moves and he's his motor is certainly off the charts and you know not all of his sacks as, as we broke down not all of them were these impressive plays there were a couple that were kind of gimme cheap sacks where the quarterback ends up coming into his hands and it's not that's not a bad thing from Leonard Floyd it's just you know you, you take it for what it's worth where the, those aren't as impressive as the sacks where he goes one-on-one against the tackle and swims to the inside and goes and makes a play on the quarterback but you're seeing the, the footsteps and I know injuries are a thing with him too and you want to make sure that he stays healthy first and foremost but I, I really want to see what they can do because I think with he and Willie Young and then you've got one or two of of at least fifty percent of Pernell McPhee and Lamar Houston, <laughs> and then you got a, a guy I know you like the sleeper on the roster, Roy Robertson Harris coming back, maybe even Christian Jones the outside. I mean, you have talent at this position. It might not always be able to stay healthy, but I mean, I mean, where where do you feel the, the talent level is? Do you really feel like they need? Obviously, it's it's a nice luxury to add an elite pass rusher to this already strong pass rushing group, but. Do they need one? I mean, can't you can't you project a healthy Lamar Houston, a, a hopefully healthier Pernell McPhee, and certainly a healthier Willie Young next year? The game of football, Lauren, is one with which you can't guarantee free from injury. That kind of thing in the NFL doesn't happen or transpire. So just to backtrack on that, I just want fans of the show, I appreciate you all listening in, following the podcast. We got all this exciting stuff, the social media, editing, me and Lauren working hard at bringing a new feeling and vibe. And what we did with Leonard Floyd that will be coming out on Wednesday is really look at all his pass rush sacks. We really went diving into the film room and looking at his sacks. So look for that. Uh, we'll be tweeting it out, but it, it it really is a showcase of that young man's talent. Both me and Lauren, admittedly, were against the drafting of this player due to the concerns of production and size. But 
I've eaten some crow, and I say some because, as Lauren pointed out, some of the sack, some of the play, and the injury concerned you. And that's ultimately there. But as a bear future football player, there's showcase signs of just tremendous length, athleticism, speed to power ratio that this football player, if he goes into this offseason, Lauren, working his tail off, I just think the sky's the limit for that football player. But it truly is, much like Tom Brady, on that football player to decide if he wants to be great or not. Because if he does the work, Lauren, there's no doubting that God gave this kid and this young man that quick first step twitch a talent as well as finishing toughness. Because when you look back at Shea McClellan when he was with the Chicago Bears, Lauren, you looked at a football player that showcased pass rush ability in college and would have been a good situational, and, and we can go back through the history, but the point is what Leonard Floyd has besides the height is the physical toughness that you don't see from Shea McClellan. So that intangible trait, as we look at this roster, you got one young football player that is still a wild card based on the size and the, the, the weight distribution of him. There's no doubting his talent. Then you got Willie Young, who's 31, coming off an injury. I already know what kind of football player and mentoring he's done as, a, as well as a leader. And then you got McPhee. Now, McPhee or Houston, Lauren? I'm putting you as the GM on the spot before we move on here. You had a choice between the two. They're both completely healthy, and they're both in training camp. But we got to make a decision now. How are you rolling with that? I wish I knew a little bit more about Pernell McPhee's knee and how long-term of an injury it is because obviously the Lamar Houston's second ACL tear is extremely scary, and I don't know if he's ever going to be the player he once was. I'm a big fan of Lamar Houston's game. If, if he was a guy that never had injuries, I would absolutely sign me up 100% because I really think he is a valuable piece that can, you know, he can line up all over your defense. He can rush the passer well. He's a great run defender. You can put him in the dirt. You can put him at the one technique if you want, or you can put him at the nine technique. You can stand him up. You can put his hand in the dirt. You can really do so much. And I always felt like he has been a little bit underutilized in Chicago. And, and part of that's been because he hasn't been healthy. But even when he is healthy, he's a guy that you can just do so much with. But the second knee injury to me is just a little bit too scary. And I think Pernell McPhee, at least even when he's hobbled, he's, he still makes some plays and he shows that he's not going to quit. So I would probably keep Pernell McPhee over Lamar Houston, but I don't necessarily know that, you know, maybe we find out or maybe Pace knows that Pernell McPhee's knee is just, it's really being taped together with duct tape and, and staples here and it's not going to hold up. And you do move on from McPhee and hope that Lamar Houston would recover much better from his ACL and be a lot closer to 100% than Pernell McPhee may ever be. But at this point, based on what we know as outsiders, I would I would stick with McPhee over Houston. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I just wanted to see if we were on the same page. I'm right step for step with you. As you move forward, I'm surprised that they haven't gotten to the point where they're looking at Lamar Houston's contract and how that will free up itself to play towards free agency that's coming up in the next couple of weeks here, Lauren. So looking at this roster and these players, you mentioned my sleeper before we get into free agency. Here's a guy that, cough, cough, 
went on injured reserve based on health. Uh, he had a sickness. But the guy's six foot seven, two hundred sixty pounds, and he's an athlete. Uh, if you don't know, he's a young player out of UTEP, and that's Roy Robinson Harrison. And, and this kid could play some football. He's going to be somebody you really got to keep an eye on. Through the OTAs, you kind of hear the smoke coming out, and then training camp. You really want to see if this young man is taking that next step. Just somebody to keep an eye on when the cupboard is bare, supposedly, if they don't go out there like I would go out and get a pass rusher. But if they don't, they do have this young football player who I think is an ascending talent on the roster right now. And and let the record show that the, the his name is Roy Robertson Harris. Harris, I mean, sorry, I threw a couple. Of, I think you said Robinson Harrison. So <laughs> I, I I just wanted to make sure you weren't pulling all the Gandia here for the rest of the show. Roy Robertson <laughs> Harris, the old R R H. Before we move on to one guy we haven't mentioned who is the only Bears free agent at the position is is Sam Acho, and he's he's a good special teams player, but wasn't really getting it done on the field on defense in the rotation. Do you consider re-signing him, you know, veteran minimum, or do you kind of just let him go and, and hope that a guy like Roy Robertson-Harris could potentially fill his place? Or, you know, maybe you draft a guy, maybe you sign a free agent, but one way or another you end up replacing him. What are you, what are you thinking with Sam Acho real quick? I really like Acho because he's that, you know, lunch pail guy to work, as Shane Marceau would call him. He's a fabric type of football player, and I, I agree with that. I think you put him in the competition, which ultimately challenges him to better himself because you want to see more pass rush for him. But what sometimes in schemes like Vic Fangio that are kind of dialed down in simplicity, players are asked to do what they do best. And if that's to take on and sacrifice yourself, whether it be in a, a, a scheme a stunt or a blitz and he's asked to to, to cover or, or do a loop stunt and take on two so free up a more talented football player those things aren't going to hit no offense to you lauren the stat you know scout that's out there just checking what pff has to say so the coach is asking this football player to do something that's going to better a leonard floyd at akeem hicks or whoever so those types of players you can't have enough that are willing to do the dirty work, get paid at a, you know, they're getting more money than me and you are, let's be honest, in our lifetime. So if he's only making $1.2 million as opposed to this player's A's, 7.5, I mean, that's nothing to scratch our, you know, selves at. But really, ultimately, I think that kind of football player has value in competition because as GMs will say, and it becomes kind of a chorus throughout the league, that you're always looking to get better at positions. And, and Ryan Pace has taken this roster and had to remake it from old to a younger roster. So if you can find in the draft or in free agency, as you've seen, look at real quick an example. Danny Trevathan was the high-prized signing for Ryan Pace last year. Terrell Freeman, although a good signing, was kind of a secondary note in the Chicago Tribune under Brad Biggs, you know, column there. It wasn't the priority that, you know, seven headlines from Hall and whoever else writes for that paper. (laughs) Now, when you look at the tape, 
it's a shame that he had the PED violation because ultimately this football player was, I believe, if not the best inside backer in the NFL last year, second best inside linebacker. Didn't even get voted to the Pro Bowl. It's a shame, but when you look at the tape, the 12 games that he did play, I'm talking about a football player that understands it and stayed healthy where Trevathan did. So it's those types of things is what I'm saying. Some of these under-the-radar type younger players or older players come into a situation and they fit the scheme so well and they do what they're asked to do. I think Sam Acho could be that football player at 28 years old going forward in the competition. Yes, Lauren, at a one-year deal. I've been thinking about the these the you know clearing the cash base and, and all the bodies that they have at the outside linebacker position right now. And I think what we're gonna see this offseason, you mentioned too that it's this is about the time and it's been kinda quiet that, you know, the Bears aren't really cutting anybody right now. They're not cutting Eddie Royal. They haven't cut, you know, Lamar Houston, any of these guys that have pretty expensive contracts with not very much guaranteed money and haven't been producing quite at the level that the Bears feel that, or that that we think they should based on the amount of money they're getting. And it, it occurred to me that, you know, wh- why? Why even cut them at this point? You know what I mean? You still have, right right now the Bears have, what, like 60-plus, close to $70 million in projected cap space. I, I think I think Eddie, or I think Ryan Pace is going to hold on to all these guys until they need the space, if, if they even do. You know what I mean? Like he finished free agency last year with $20 million still left in cap space. So there's no reason to cut Pernell McPhee or cut Eddie Royal now just to free up five more million dollars when you've got literally 10, 12, 15 times that much money already free. I mean, these are guys that I think we could see be training camp cuts, you know, when they cut down from their 100 man to their 75. They kind mm-hmm. of be the surprise veteran cut laid on. And then then you get that cash savings then because you haven't had to pay out those game checks yet. So you're still going to save the money whether you cut them in February or March or in August before the regular season starts. But there's no reason to go out and, and cut a guy now. And I think the same thing goes with Jay Cutler. It's like just because he's currently on the books for $15 million doesn't mean you have to cut him to create that space because you have more space than you can possibly imagine right now. And, you know, if you sign a bunch of big-name free agents, you sign Eric Berry and you sign Melvin Ingram and you sign uh, Robert Woods and, and I was just thinking, Stephon any names Gilmore. Yeah, you, you sign three three guys and then you're down to – you know, you're getting down in your cap space, that's when you make the cut. But there's no necessary need to get all this cap space free now when you when you still have so much of it to use that you're not at any risk of, of running out and having to be in a situation where you're like, oh, crap, let's quick free up some space so we can sign this guy. I mean, I think there's no point in cutting a guy that could potentially help your team just to free up space when you don't necessarily need to free up that space, at least not yet, maybe down the line. But I, I think we're going to see the Bears hold on to a lot of these potentially overpaid veterans and, and maybe make those cutting decisions when they get either in more financial trouble or down in the in the training camp roster cut down. But I, I want to move on to the free agents here, and I want to get back to who we were talking about earlier, Melvin Ingram. And I, I, here's, here's how I want to point this to you, Phil. You told, we talked about the Bears not having a lot of guys. You know, you're never sure with their health. With, you know, Leonard Floyd's been banged up. Willie Young seems to have something nagging every year. Obviously, Lamar Houston's ACLs and Parnell McPhee's degenerative knee condition. You don't have a lot of guys that you're necessarily 100% confident in. And I look at Melvin Ingram in kind of the same light. He, you know, he tore that ACL in the offseason of his second year and missed, I think, most of the season, if not his whole 
I think he played in like four games because he was on the pup list for most of that year. And then the very next year, he suffers that hip injury, and he's on short-term IR to start the year again. And he's been healthy the last two years. He's played 16 games each of the last two years. I'm not trying to say he's this walking injury train wreck, but like a lot of players, it's it's still a concern for me. I mean, does that does that concern you at all, or are you confident in his ability to play through it and overcome that? I mean, they're... The risk and the reward, you have to weigh those two. You make a good point. You know, you look at the free agent list, you know, there's DeMarcus Ware at 34, Peppers, 37. You have some guys like Trent Cole and, and Robert Mathis in their middle 30s, even a, a, a still going strong Dwight Freeney at those rush positions. You see that they're able to maintain value into their age. So, Here's a young football player in Ingram at 27 from the L.A. Chargers, Lauren. Got to get used to that, L.A. Charger. So, you know, I just go back to that draft. And for me, that was my number one player. And he went one pick before the Bears took McClellan. And you look at that draft and Chandler Jones, who was also an unrestricted free agent, probably going to get the tag. He went after McClellan and, and the whole story. That I hate to bring that news up for Bears. Yeah. I, can, I can already see them wiling in their room or wherever, their car getting fired up. But the truth is, at that in that draft, that football player, to me, coming out of South Carolina, showed so much versatility. And I think his striking speed to power translates well with his size disposition versus a Leonard Floyd. Now you have two real young talents. I mean, I look at the draft in Solomon Thomas, who is my number one player as far as the defensive line or outside linebackers concerned. That same kind of versatility I see in Solomon is I see in Melvin Ingram. I mean, Melvin Ingram is someone you put on the hands team. That's what kind of athlete this guy is. So if Vic Fangio used and had this player, I just think the ability to use him, I feel that value of versatility, Lauren, outweighs the fear concern. I mean, you went out and signed Pernell McPhee coming out. Here's a football player that is healthy coming out. There's really no questions right now. Yes, he has an injury history. That could be in the negotiation of the south, the you know, the contract, but I'm not worried about it because of that versatility. But is it worth I mean, I guess I, I don't know. I, I'm not huge on the the financial issue being an issue, but I mean, he's going to command Alshon Jeffrey money. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a, it's a weird weird way to put it. And there's already so much money invested in this defensive line or in this in this defense on the whole. I mean, for me, I'd almost rather see if I can get a little bit of a cheaper guy. I mean, they're not going to be the game-changing kind of talent that Melvin Ingram can be. But, you know, you take a flyer on a guy like Daton Jones from Green Bay, although he probably ends up as more of a, a defensive end than an outside linebacker. But he can do Five both. Technique. Yeah, he can. But, listen, Lauren, I don't think in terms of the Chicago Bears past, you look at it, they – any way to get better should be the goal. Not we drafted and that's that's the only way. That's malarkey. Okay? Mike the Titans malarkey. coach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's not even in, in reality's terms. Coach 
players that can do multiple things to give you an advantage. And nobody does that better than the guy in New England. He gets these guys that have been tossed around. Chris Long, uh, what's his name? Ninkovich. These players become great pieces that were nothing to another team, but they're coached in a scheme. And I think Vic Fangio is the best coach on the Chicago Bears. So if you give him, I, I know his frustration is in his inability to have guys that could do what he wants to do up front. Mark, uh, Akeem Hicks was a great signing, and you saw as it went on, but then he lose uh, Eddie Goldman. Now you don't have that nose to go along with it. That's a critical position this offseason and in the draft. But this position, you can't have enough players to get to the quarterback and, and really turn the tides, especially if you're going to go with a young quarterback, Lauren, that defense has to create turnovers. And what better way to do it than getting a pass rush that's consistent across the board? So what happens if Leonard Floyd gets hurt? But you have Melvin Ingram and you have Willie Young. You have to protect yourself to get a pass rush in this league that is known now. Everybody says it, but it's true. It's a passing league, but to run to the championship. And we do have our next caller on the line. Uh, caller, what, what's your name? Where are you calling from? And, and what do you think of the Bears should do with the edge rushers, particularly in free agency? My name is AJ, Chicago. Um, pass rush abilities, I mean, I don't think our pass rush is up there yet. I mean, uh, we got some gems in our defense. We got, I'm just going to say Roy because I don't know how to say that name. I'm going to say it wrong. Um, Roy, and then we got... Colonel McPhee, his uh, knee disease, it's, it's just like it's so demeaning to me because, you know, there was a man out of Alabama named Courtney Upshaw that I was a very big fan of, and he is a uh, free agent this upcoming season. Upcoming season. So I was thinking um, that that was the name that you guys didn't bring up is uh, Courtney Upshaw. So, I mean, yeah, he's played limited snaps in Atlanta, but, I mean, he's like a guy that has never had injuries. And, I mean, Colonel McPhee with his knee injury. I don't think he's really 100% going into training camp. I mean, same thing with Danny Trath. And I don't know if this is a middle linebacker, linebacker spot, but with his uh, patar tendon, it's, uh, it's a tough injury to recover from. And like, I think we're pretty thin at outside linebacker. I mean, Leonard Floyd had like seven and a half sacks. He's getting there. I mean, he's a freak. But then on the other side, we got Colonel McPhee, really young. And then who's the other guy? Lamar Houston, Lamar who's Houston. coming off of his second his second ACL surgery. I mean, like at this point, you bought up um, Lamar Houston and Willie. I um, mean, uh, Pernell McPhee. I really think that, like, I, I don't know to be honest, because like either both of these have past injury in, injury um, seasons. So really, it's it's so hard to either move on from either one of them. You just have to keep them and see how they go at it in training camp. Like you can't just like go ahead and like say. Like like you said, Lauren, cut for the McPhee for the space and go for go after Melvin Ingram, who's going to have plenty of suitors coming up this free agency in like next week. Now, um, you can't just cut people and just create space. You have to see what you can get in free agency, then you can see where you're thin, then you know, cut the people that are underperforming. So you look at the free. Let's look at the free agent list, Lauren. 
AJ makes the point, kind of following you, you're kind of against going out and signing AJ. Is that what you're saying, Melvin Ingram, or are you saying? Well, no, not really. I mean, I was a big fan of Melvin Ingram coming out of SC. Um, you know, I mean, like, it's just so, I mean, like, I can't go back to that draft and say that we picked Shane McClellan. I, I, I will have a heart attack, you know I mean? Like, we had Channel Chandler Jones up there who will probably get the tag in Arizona. And, you know, it's just like the team in New England, they got Trey Flowers, they got Rob Ninkovich, they got Chris Long. They turned these guys into a dynamic pass rush. Like when these, when the, when their old teams didn't need them anymore, they moved on and then they, they get signed by New England, Robert Kraft, the GM of that team. He finds these players like Trey Flowers, a fourth wrong steal. How's he doing in New England? Great. I mean, Shane McClendon probably didn't work out in New England, but they already have a dynamic pass rush. I mean, they traded away Jamie Collins. They traded away Chandler Jones, but they still ended up winning the Super Bowl. It, it certainly it lends credence to the idea of making the most of the talent and being able to identify, not, not only identify under-the-radar talent, but to be able to put your own talent in the best position to succeed. And I think you could make the argument that Perhaps signing Melvin Ingram could put could better put Leonard Floyd in better position to succeed. You know, when you add a pass rush talent like that, and Phil's starting to bring me around on this for sure, that he just makes everyone else better. You know, he he takes more attention away from Eddie Goldman, who can come in and, and be great. He takes attention away from Akeem Hicks. I mean, when you've got a four man rush of Ingram, Floyd, Hicks, right. and Goldman. I mean, good luck, right. you know, and you bring a yeah. blitzer on that and you're just, you're out of, you're, there's no blocking. There. Right. And you know right. what else Basically, it does, AJ? It also improves right. your huge weakness, and that's the secondary. Because there's no right. remedy for coverage more so than a pass rush, which allows defensive backs the opportunity to have more time to get in position to make plays. And, and the Bears lack turnovers and short fields. So right. when you're assessing quarterbacks and offenses versus a team that can't turn over the football, then you're really not getting a real equal assessment in comparison to other teams that are turning over the football and giving their offense a better opportunity to put up points. So I think the value at this market here, when you look at names, and I'll throw some out there, Lauren, and – you know, Jarvis Jones, former first-round pick, Akeem Ayers, uh, Paul Kruger, Eric Walden, Barcavius Mingo, Nick Perry. Nick Perry is somebody, I believe, again, you're taking away from a rival, but I think he's starting to hit his key point in his career, in his prime at 26. He's, the light switch is going on for this football player. He's another guy, second to, for me, to Melvin Ingram, and I love Dayton Jones. I just think that Nick Perry can do more when I watch him at the outside linebacker position for the Bears, a better fit. I just think that that's somebody that needs to be talked in that position. I don't think you can value. They're almost like quarterbacks. Get to the, get to the quarterback and have a quarterback. That's how you got to value 1A and 1B. Well, and we we do have our next caller coming in, so AJ, I'm, I'm going to let you go, and I'm going to get him on the line. But thanks thanks for calling in and, and talking some Melvin Ingram with us. Thanks, sure, AJ. Sure. All right, I'll talk to you guys next week. Appreciate you, man.
So we have with us uh, another caller already on the line. Uh, what's your name and where you're calling from, and what do you think about these free agent outside linebackers? My name is Matt from Chicago, and I apologize because I'm just kind of popping in late here. I had a question related to the the edge rushers in the draft, if, I don't, if you guys don't mind discussing yeah, that. perfect. Go ahead. Um, Transition I, I us. Given where the Bears are sitting, it's probably pretty unlikely they would draft one in round two. Who are some of the guys that you guys anticipate? I mean, again, I, I would agree it's definitely a big need, um, you know, for this team going forward with McPhee's kind of injury questions and, you know, Floyd's positive development, but, you know, you got to hope he sustains that. Who are some guys you could see maybe second, third, fourth? I know that the smooth kid from Illinois is one guy that I've seen a fair amount that looks pretty attractive, but any any names out there uh, that are getting, you know, attention for you guys in, in possible round subsequent to round one? Yeah, I know Phil has a, a couple sleepers that he's going to want to get to, so I'll, I'll start with mine. Um, both of the Wisconsin kids, I, I I don't know if I have a I don't think I have a bias because I don't necessarily consider myself a big Wisconsin Badgers fan, but I, I cover the team up here, and so I, I've seen every game in the last three years of both T.J. Watt and Vince Beagle, although Watt didn't play that much a couple years ago. But regardless, they're both they're different pass rushers, but they're both talented outside linebackers. Watt's a little bit bigger, a little bit more explosive, but I think Beagle actually has some pretty impressive length. I'm really curious to see how they both weigh in and, and measure out at the combine. But Beagle's a guy that has a, a really a variety of different pass rush moves. He's maybe a little bit limited physically. You know, he's not necessarily the most explosive guy, and that might limit his upside a little bit, but he's one of the smartest outside linebackers, in my opinion, in this draft. He's so good at, you know, coming up against the run, using leverage and setting an edge, and, and knowing what the offensive tackle wants to do to him in, in pass protection and in the run game. And he's really just consistent. And, you know, he battled an injury this year that kind of limited his production, but I'm, I'm really a big fan of him. And I think Watt's a guy who's a little bit more of a, a physical tool, but his pass rush is much less refined. I don't think he has a lot of moves that he can go to. He's a little bit more like Leonard Floyd in that sense, except he's, he's bigger and stronger and not nearly as athletic, but a little bit more raw, I think, of a prospect. And I know he's got the last name, Watt, so that might boost him up a little bit, but... He's got a little bit of an ego like his brothers do too, so I think that's gonna that's gonna hold him down a little bit. Those are both, you know, early early day three, maybe late day two guys. I think Watt ends up going a little bit higher than Beagle, but I'm a little bit bigger fan of Beagle myself. Phil, I know you love Jordan Willis from Kansas State, but there's another guy too uh, who uh, you haven't heard any. I don't think any draft analysts talk about ac- across the country because this is a, a real sleeper, but. Over at Pro Football Focus, we've recently been going through Eastern Washington's tape, which is an FCS school. That's the school where wide receiver Cooper Cup attends. And there's Cooper an edge rusher Cup. there. Uh, Samson Ibukam, he's a real real sleeper right now, but he was one of the most productive edge rushers in the league. And I, Phil and I have been looking at his tape, and, and there's certainly a lot to like from him. Phil, what, what, what do you like from Ibukam? And I know I know you're a big Willis fan. Are there any other names that, that stand out for you? Well, first, let's talk about Ibukam. Yes. <laughs> He's going to be talked about coming up because, Matt, this football player jumps off the tape. I'm talking, I'm looking at Cup, and he's coming up. <laughs> Those types of football players, hidden gems happen all the time. I don't know how they're going to assess him, but when I look at this football player, he looks like um, Lauren. I just talked about him with you. Cameron Wake was your Cameron Wake. Thank you. Cameron Wake, younger brother. He he can stand up in that two-point stance, totally use that speed to power, throw people around. Yes, it's at a smaller conference, but getting home and quick twitch ability out of this football player is a sight to be seen, and we will 
in our film rooms. We'll take a look at him as we go and get into the draft coverage, Matt. But that's a, a name. Just remember here, Lauren Cox, I appreciate you bringing it to my attention. That's a football player right there. But some other players, I, you know, first-round talent or second-round Taco Charlton out of Michigan, 6'5", 272. I really believe the natural instincts to rush the passer is what you need, and this young man has it. He has the athleticism to to play that outside linebacker position. And really in Vic Fangio's scheme, as you look at Willie Young, he transitioned because he does what well? He physically rushes the football. And it's really a lot of nickel. So I think Charlton uh, really can not only help Jose Cotto on Taco Tuesday, but also the Chicago (laughs) players on Sunday. So he's a football player, I think, might rise into the first, but ultimately I see a second-round steal. Let's look at a few other guys that I really like at the position is Derek Barnett. He's going to be a first-round pick, but I think a lot of people put him at defensive end. I think Lauren Cox hit it right on the head for me. This kid could play the outside linebacker position in Chicago, really gets home 6'3", 265 on the quarterback. Uh, the kid from Villanova is going to be talked about. Really, I think he's like a third or fourth round risk, uh, a shot, because he's 6'7", 280 pounds, and can really push the pocket. He really has some traits that you like to see. Uh, Tana Pasanan. I don't even know how to say his last yeah, name. Yeah, good luck with that one. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna touch it. <laughs> Just to piggyback off Lauren, though, uh, there's two guys. Uh, there's so many guys I want to talk about. It's like a, a, going to a great restaurant where you know they have a lot of good things on the See, menu. This is That's why they don't need to sign Melvin Ingram, Phil, because there's so many of these guys, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> you don't know what you're gonna get with Melvin. I know I, these guys show me that potential, like T.J. Watt. I just really like the football player. I feel like he's a fit here in Chicago. He has that confidence, arrogance, the Bears defense needs from the pass rush. Uh, Ryan Anderson, you cut Pernell McPhee, get his little brother out of Alabama. (laughs) 6'2", 260. Watch him just absolutely obliterate receivers, tight ends offensive tackles, quarterbacks. He just plays with a chip. He's not going to time well, Matt. He's not going to be the underwear Olympics gold medalist, but he certainly is the tape junkie's favorite football player. I just love that football. If if I had to choose out of everyone and I was starting a team, Ryan Anderson's attitude and his physicality as well as his instinct, watch him attack the football. You know, we broke down Leonard Floyd in our film room. One thing he could do better at is really understanding, yes, get home, but strip that football is even more important. Just attack that football, rip down, rake. Ryan Anderson really understands that how to get after the football and take it away and create turnovers. We keep going back to that. It's a a running theme. Another one guy. (laughs) Another one. No, just this is the last guy. <laughs> People are talking about this football player at the Senior Bowl, Temple Tough. I think in the Hassan. second round, Hassan Reddick, he, to me, no, 
you don't put him inside. I know he's six one two thirty, and you're going to stereotype the guy. This guy's a natural pass rusher. I, I'll put him inside on plays like you see to create scheme and, and stunt and blitzes, but really ultimately let this football player get on the edge, work an offensive tackle. I feel like he has natural pop and toughness at that position that he can be a real fit for the Bears to get a situational pass rusher who can also get on the football field, a linebacker in the nickel, and give you looks all over the place, that versatility that you're looking for as you're moving forward in the Vic Fangio scheme, man. And real quick, Phil, is is it Tim Williams or Ryan Anderson at Alabama that has the cocaine issue like Ryan Randy That's Gregory Tim did? Williams. That's Tim Williams. Okay, just want yeah. to double-check that. Tim Williams, hey. though, since you brought him up. <laughs> okay. You know, there's no – there's no, there's nothing short on talent. Tim Williams should be a top 10 to 15 pick. But that off-the-field issues, that's how talented that football player is at rushing the f- passer. But the risk versus the reward, that has Dallas Cowboys written all over it. Hey, guys, one question, too, with respect to this. Assuming the Bears were to get really really do a good job of taking care of some of their secondary problems in free agency and maybe wide receiver as well. Could you anticipate this, uh, you know, the edge moving up the list of draft priorities, um, given the fact that it seems that there's a pretty good uh, group of kids available this year? Yeah, I, I definitely feel like when free agency is done, you're, you're going to see the Bears are in a position where they can really draft a lot more BPA and have sort of that luxury to, to take, you know, I would consider upgrading the pass rush a little bit more of a luxury than a lot of these other positions. And I think, like you said, if, if they address some of their bigger needs, I, I absolutely think that that comes up to the discussion. I think one thing I want to throw back to you, Matt, and, and Phil, we were going to discuss this anyway, is if, the say the Bears have their quarterback, you know, whether that's Jimmy Garoppolo or Tyrod Taylor or Kirk Cousins, something like that, and the first two picks in the draft go, you know, Deshaun Watson one, Mitch Trubisky two, and a guy like Miles Garrett from Texas A&M is sitting there on the board at three. Do you consider pulling the trigger with him? I'll, I'll, I'll start with you, Mike, since you're on the call. What, what, what do you think oh. with Oh, with, with I mean, Garrett? you are sprinting to the podium, I think. I mean, from everything I've read, he is, you know, one of the highest-rated defensive players probably since Clowney, right? So, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer. I mean, that's just... They're in a position now where they need to get impact players on both sides of the ball. And, and if that happens, one's being handed to you on a silver platter, as far as I can tell. And I apologize. I, I called you Mike. You're Matt. I, I, I was uh, thinking of That's all right. Here. <laughs> Phil, thoughts on Garrett? I'm step for step with Matt, not Mike. Uh, um, I just love him more. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, Miles Garrett, much like Laramie Tunsil, although it'll be the community's pick that he is the consensus best player in this draft. Ultimately, GM see things differently. But for me, you know, Miles Garrett's number one as far as the defensive line is going to then a Solomon Thomas. Then you're talking about our buddy there from uh, Allen from the Alabama Crimson Tide. But I would be with – you can't – then reach for a quarter. Well, you said we had the quarterback in your scenario. But yeah, even if you didn't, though, you know, you if don't you want to didn't reach have the quarterback, yeah, I don't want to reach. I want to be a consensus. But this is the best football player, I believe, in the draft. He's my number one guy. Gets home, understands the pass rush, 
speeds of power, the ability to use his hands and dip, get underneath those that bend that you see, the Von Millers and the Dwight Freenies, the spin, he's got it all. So if the, that falls like that, Lauren, I really feel like you do sprint to the podium and get this football player. And we're starting to get a little bit lower on our time here, Matt, so I, I think we'll let you go. But great questions and, and great discussions. I know we, we fired at you with the uh, Miles Garrett question, and you, you stepped up and hammered it out of the park. So <laughs> thanks again for calling in. You're, you're great. Yeah, thanks a lot, Matt. I'll, I'll be sure to get his name right next time for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, we, but we are getting down here. We, we hit most of the uh, – was, was there any other draft guys that we didn't – I mean, you, you listed off a, a good dozen of them, and we talked about the Miles Garrett, but was there any other – Draft guys, I mean, Terrell Basham from Ohio is a guy I'm a fan very, of. Very, um, very good football player, Lauren. Well, you look at, how about this guy? Outside linebacker out of Houston. I think in the second or third round, Bowser, I yes, believe. Ty- Tyus? Tyus Bowser is somebody I feel like. Just again, here's another guy that I feel like can fit into the scheme. He has a real natural pass rush ability. Uh, and I feel like he's someone that you could talk about a sleeper, so to speak. And one other guy is a projection because I know he plays inside backer and he's been hurt is the kid from Florida. He was at the senior bowl, Alex yeah. Anzalone, my yeah, Paisano. Anzalone has what I feel a better fit on the outside, but has the versatility. He's someone I want to see where he goes. I don't know. What the Twitter, draft Twitter community, I think when I watched him, I felt like he jumped off the tape from me. Uh, uh, taller guy, I think he's like 6'4", and 245 pounds, so he could play inside, but also I felt like he could be that situational rusher, and I think a lot of Bear fans, including you, Lauren, are overlooking the importance, but I think I've talked you back onto my side of the football field with getting pass rushers in here you know one of my favorite players I don't know if if you think he can I don't know because I think he's better used inside as Demarcus Walker at Florida State I was gonna ask you about about, I just uh, he just disrupts so many plays all the time I just don't see enough of it. I'd see him as a 4-3 D end. Yeah, just, not, not an outside linebacker. Right. I just don't think he can. But he's so disruptive that I would not mind getting him in the conversation there. That's one football player. Like if I, I know how I feel about a few guys in this draft, but Walker is one of my favorite guys to watch on tape. Yeah, I mean, there's so many guys in this draft conversation. It just goes to show how deep of an outside linebacker, edge rusher, defensive lineman, whatever you want to call him, edge rusher class this is. It, you, you have to feel like if, if the Bears end up adding any draft picks via trade or something, that they'll probably come away with one of these guys just because they're going to end up being best player available in one of these rounds. But we are getting down to about two minutes left in the show, so I want to wrap up. I want to thank everyone for listening. You know, uh, if, if you're unable to catch this live on the show, you know, thank everyone that's that's here. It's on this Sunday afternoon, getting some Bears talk in. But if you're listening to this on the podcast version, be sure to subscribe. You know, we're on iTunes, we're on Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM. I, I I can't even name all the different places that you can find 
find this podcast. It's really pretty much anywhere there are podcasts. Our, our name is there. The only place is, is Spotify. I know that, that, that's a that's elite company to get on there. So we can't quite can't quite sneak there. But you know, be on the lookout. A Wednesday, we'll have our Leonard Floyd film room video coming out. We're looking at all seven of his sacks. It was a lot of fun recording that, and there's a lot you can learn from what he was able to do and, and what he's going to be able to do in the future based off of the traits that he showed this year. So. Be on the lookout for that. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to, to get more of those. And, of course, follow us on Twitter, like our Facebook page, and, and, and keep up to date with all our stuff. Lauren, real quick, I yep. think one last point, Bears fans. Lauren hit it on the head earlier. I just want to reemphasize free agency is going to be the impetus for what the draft entails. So how they attack that will give them the opportunity to be best player available, and hopefully they address the pass rush in free agency. If not, they got to do it in the draft. There's there's certainly an abundance of options to upgrade the position, and I, I have to feel like one way or another the Bears are going to make an addition somewhere at this position. So it, it was fun breaking them down, and, and the fun continues Wednesday with the Leonard Floyd video. But with that, I want to thank everyone for listening to this edition of Bears Hour Live. Come on, come on.